Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the next episode, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. So today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, a really good friend of mine. Uh, really excited to put this uh, episode together and bring it out to you guys. Uh, so hey guys, massive round of applause. Let's welcome Callum Rowe to the show. Welcome, Callum. Hey guys. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me on, man. I've been um, watching this from a distance for a while, obviously. Love it. Um, yeah, connected on a personal level, but yeah, it's awesome what you're doing. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to have the uh, people that listen in. And I know of recent, I didn't want to say this earlier before we went live, but I know you've been listening to the episodes uh, of past to get some of the rapid fire questions. I, I know your style, man. I know you didn't say it to me, but I just can read the mind. I know what you're doing. You're trying to get in early and learn some of the questions, get a head start. But hey, because you've listened to so many of the episodes, you know the deal. And the, uh, and the listeners out there know the deal. So we're going to kick into rapid fire, learn a little bit more about you, uh, some things that you probably don't even know about yourself and we don't know about you. Um, you ready? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. So the stock standard first question, your favorite song right now. Do you know when, when you asked this question to other people, I was like, I don't know what I would say. And I was like, don't do my Spotify. Like, what are they um, Red Hot Chili Peppers having a bit of a resurgence, a teenage resurgence. Um, Parallel Universe, probably the number one at the moment. It really gets me going. I like it. I like it. See, guys, you can tell he came prepared. He's like, he knew the song, he knew the artist, he knew the whole thing. He even checked out Spotify. We call that cheating in rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, man, favorite movie? Uh, I don't know if I could, maybe like the Star Wars series is probably, Star Wars Mad Max series is probably my favorite. Mm, Mad Max, yeah. I don't mind Star Wars. I only like, like one or two of them. Yeah. The rest are a bit like, whatever. Favorite book? Um, Probably. 10X by Grant Cardone, a bit cliche. Um, like some of Grant's messages now I don't enjoy so much, but some of it is just gold. And there's some parts of it, like if you're having a bad day, just like put on the audio book and he just totally puts you in the zone. 10X was one of like the first, maybe like the first five audio books I listened to. Uh, and I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't know like this sort of stuff existed. Like I didn't know <laughs> that you yeah. could play a bit bigger, you know. Um, I like it, I like it. Favorite color? Uh, probably, I don't, everything I wear is black. So it's probably, probably have to say black. And if you look around my house, all this furniture is black. <laughs> so, yeah. Easy color to work with. I like it. Go-to meal. Uh, are we talking like healthy or like favorite? You decide. Uh, it's Korean fried chicken. Korean fried chicken is Korean fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. So we totally went opposite to healthy, but all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> favorite TV show. Uh, probably Peggy Blinders. Tommy Shelby. Nice. Just, yeah. yeah, nice, nice, nice. First job? Uh, first job? Well, probably I grew up on a dairy farm, so my first job was milking cows, really. I wasn't, no one was paying me for it, probably. <laughs> uh, and then after that, I worked at Coles. There you go. So the, the, the milk that you were uh, milking from the cows, you were then going on to sell. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, hey, your biggest celebrity or sporting idol growing up? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I, um, oh, Matthew Richardson, actually, that's not tough at all, man. It was Richo, 100%. Richo, man. You know, he sucked, 
<laughs> no, what do you mean, man? Superstar. Could kick a goal from 70 meters out, but couldn't kick him from five meters in front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, what was your, uh, who, sorry, was your celebrity crush growing up? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. It was probably someone on Davis, but I can't really remember. <laughs> yeah, not sure. I was listening. Neighbors is like a reality show that uh, is on at like six thirty every night. So you're not on anymore. Um, yeah. But um, there you go. What's your pet hate, Callum? Um, uh, just anyone that's a victim. Anyone that thinks the world's out to get them in any regard, like personal, business, relationships. Yeah, I think we're sort of seeing a little bit of that. Uh, more and more now as we dive deeper into these lockdowns and these mm. current situation we're in. Um, it's pushing people down that that path. Are you more of a book or audiobook person? Definitely audiobook. I can't sit still, so... Um, <laughs> I like it. I've summer started, or winter? Uh, summer. Summer, easy. Uh, what is something that you haven't done yet that you really want to do, though? Um, probably skydiving. Never been skydiving? No, nah, and they land across the road from me. And I'm like, I know, they do, right there. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, best thing. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, probably you should put that on the list of uh, things to tick off before 2021 ends, if we're allowed to ever out of our houses. Yeah. Um, sum up your mindset in one word. Um, ooh. Uh, struggling. Um, uh, that's not the word, um, is it? Yeah, no. That's not <laughs> I, just I, just, I just like to have a very deliberate mindset about exactly what I'm trying to achieve with everything in my life. I like that, man. That's a, it's a very precise answer. I haven't had that before, and I like it. I like it. What's your proudest moment personally and proudest moment professionally? Uh, proudest moment personally, probably um, I like some sporting achievements when I was younger or um, recently the ultramarathon I did at the end of that was pretty amazing. And then, Definitely uh, touch on the ultra. Then, yeah, and then professionally, um, it was probably my, my first gig as a mortgage broker. I'd only been there like three months and I wanted to beat everyone. And I've never been in finance before. And um, yeah, it took me about three months and then I was top dog after three months. So that was, that was, felt pretty good. Good effort. I like it. I like it. Awesome. Hey man, tell us something no one knows about you. Um, I am a big time plant dad. I love plants, as you can see behind me. Plant dad? Yeah. Uh, is that a real or is that a fakie? No, that's a real one. That's a real one. Yeah. So when you say like plant dad, like you're full into it, like yeah, like everything, take, fertilizing, like, watering, the whole thing. Take cuttings from trees I see in the street, grow them, <laughs> water, that sort of stuff. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What's your um on that? What's been your like most you know proudest growing of a tree moment? I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, it's probably probably when you have a plant that um maybe you neglect it for a while and it dies and it looks like it's basically dead and then you bring it back to life. There's one particular plant that I really like and I put it in a spot where it didn't get much sun. I was really busy and then eventually it came back to life. So, yeah. Well, you know, this is a whole new topic that we're going to have to speak about on this podcast. Like, I'm yeah. sure there's so many people out there who want to grow plants and stuff. It's like, you know, yeah. what else do you do in lockdown? Yeah. Go to Bunnings and buy plants. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, man, that's throwing me off a little bit. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect that. That's good. Hey, if you could choose to have lunch with any one person, two-hour time limit, who would it be and where would you do it? Uh, it would have to be Mark Jordan. Uh, I think that's probably a pretty standard sort of response. And 
Um, I reckon I'd go wherever Mike wanted to go. It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> like I just say, wherever you want to meet Mike, we're meeting there. Done. Macca's drive-through. The order. <laughs> Macca's drive-through. That'll probably be you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> let's meet there. Let's meet there. Um, what was ten-year-old Cal like? Uh, ten-year-old Callum was. He was a massive crybaby, actually. Big time sook. Just like into the world, or did you have older brothers or siblings, or like what, what, what? Just anything. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think like parents divorced, and I was just like. Just a bit of a sook, I guess. Took me a bit of time to, to grow up and get some stones. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Last question. Favourite superhero? Uh, don't really watch superhero movies, to be honest. Um, Favourite movie character? It has to be someone from Star Wars, like Yoda. Yoda. I like it. He's always got the, uh, the philosophy. He's always got the words to say. You know, his, uh, his quotes still right on 15, 20 years later now, um, which is awesome. Man, that is rapid fire. Congratulations. You can put that on your resume now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hey, man, so look, in, in, an incredible journey. Um, I don't know, we've been mates for some time now. Uh, and then more recently, like you touched on there earlier, uh, you know, doing the ultra marathon, you know, mm. going out on your own into the, into the brokerage world. You know, you specialize a lot in businesses and helping small to medium-sized businesses and working with entrepreneurs as well. You know, for you, I guess, we can go back as far as you want or, or mm-hmm. whatever, however far you feel comfortable. Crybaby, 10-year-old Callum, transitioned into a into a, a man at some stage. What happened during school? Did you go straight into mortgage broken? Did you do something else? Did you, mm-hmm. like, give us a bit of a background into how you got to where you are now? Uh, and then we'll definitely dive into some tips and some strategies because I know a lot of people out there, again, as we mentioned earlier, probably during this time, are going to need some, you know, foundational support, ideas, tips. And we can definitely do that for them as well. But yeah, bring us back as far as you feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and into how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, well, from crybaby Callum in school. And then, um, yeah, I kind, of, I, I kind of liked school. I was good at school. I was good at the maths and the science and I love playing sport and everything like that. Um, and then... I was just kind of pushed towards engineering my whole life because my dad was an engineer. So, um, yeah, finished school, did civil engineering, and then pretty quickly realised that I just hated it. Um, I, you know, worked for probably eighteen months outside of it, um, and then it was a bit of a, a bit of a crisis at like twenty three, I guess I was because I was, you know, lots of pressure from my parents, and you know, and they were like, oh, you know, you want to quit this? Why? Why would you want to do that? Um, and then, yeah, I, I just took my first job in sales on the phone. I was selling uh, a, um, courses, inter- uh, ed- education courses, really slimy industry. But um, one thing about it is it was a really hard product to sell, which um, for me was great because I realised I, I really could sell and I've really become a student of sales and really excelled at that. And then I sort of kind of realised I need to move into something that's you know, sales related, which took me off to plan real estate. And again, um, really slimy industry. We were selling rubbish, like shocking products. Um, but I was a bit naive as well. And um, well, you were outside of engineering, which is like you didn't want to be there. So you're like, well, I want to do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from uh, real estate, it just led me into mortgage broking. So um, I knew that I, I didn't want to be a real estate agent anymore. And I'd worked with a few brokers. And I thought this was pretty cool, but 
me, I, I, I didn't want to jump into doing administration work. Like everywhere that I looked, they were like, oh, you need to be an administrator. And I was like, oh man, I can sell this. Like, give me the ticket, give me the ticket and I'll sell it. So yeah, um, yeah. I looked around for a while and then eventually I got a job at iSelect, which uh, completely online. Um, but the thing is, they basically let me jump straight on the phone and start selling mortgages to people. And, you know, straight on the phone, I didn't really know much about, about what I was selling, but I knew how to, how to sell it. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of progressed into a team leader role there pretty quick. And then um, after that, they uh, became like a, a franchisee that I selected, I suppose. So it was my own business. Awesome. Um, I was doing that for a couple of years, but I sort of, I, re I sort of realized that I, I had this desire to work with, with business owners. I've been gravitating towards them, but it wasn't, it wasn't really their isolate client profile. Um, you know, they're more typically mums and dads, online type clients. So, uh, yeah, I, I took an opportunity with a, a, a big mortgage broking group in Australia um, who have a, a very heavy um, presence in that, in that sort of marketplace. Yeah. Uh, they made me a director after a while and that went for a couple of years. Um, so, like, an amazing business, you know, award-winning business, one of the best in Australia. And just kind of got to the point where I realised that, um, you know, all the opportunities were there in front of me, you know, in terms of equity and everything else. But um, there's just, I suppose, this burning desire in, in my heart to do it all for myself and, and build my own brand and, you know, structure something and, and look to give value to my staff and really occupy a space in the market. So uh, nice. that's kind of where it came from. And that's where you are now at Babylon, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Babylon Advisor, I like it. So what a journey though, like going back, like left school engineering, did uni, went and worked for some time as an engineer, right? Then into sales, then into real estate, then worked for iSelect, did well there, moved on there to a larger, you know, brokering business mm -hmm. and then recently gone out on your own. Was there any real pivotal moment? Look, look, you said you had that burning desire to do it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. While all those different careers, different businesses, was that desire always there to do something for yourself or was that more recently to do something for yourself? Um, yeah, in, in amongst all those different things, I had other little businesses along the way. So I probably first started actually, the, the first business I suppose you'd call it was, um, I was about 15 and it was before drop shipping was even really a thing. Um, and me and this mate at school, we'd been buying um, shoes. So like Nike shoes, Air Jordans online from like Chinese websites, they were very common sort of, in the uh, late 2000s. Yeah, and, yeah. And then we had this idea, we're like, hey, what if we sell the shoes on eBay, but we'll never actually hold the stock ourselves? So, so we started listing the shoes on eBay, and then when the client would purchase them off us on eBay, we'd just go on the Chinese website and ship them straight to the supplier. And for a couple of months, things were going great. Like, you know, when you're you know, 15 years old, like making a couple of grand a month, like- Absolutely. We're rich, man, like this is- <laughs> Um, we pretty quickly got a, you know, a couple of complaints, you know, people um, complaining on eBay, hang on, how come this parcel has come from China? It's supposed to be coming from country Victoria and we got um, booted off eBay and that was, that was the end of that business. So that was it. yeah. So that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, throughout unfortunately, unfortunately Shopify wasn't around then. Yeah, to, exactly. Uh, to go on and do your own. I liked it. Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. So you always had that sort of entrepreneurial mind, always had the 
business yeah. sort of do something for yourself, make some extra cash, whether it's a side hustle or becomes a full-time yeah. thing like it is now. You always had that. Yeah. Okay. So why, I guess, you know, you moved into sales. How did you get into sales from engineering? Was that just an accident? Was it just a job that came up? You, did you have any idea of what sales was prior to that? No, not really. It's, I guess it was just more so that I needed a job. I was, you know, 23, going broke, basically. And, mm, mm. you know, it's a sort of an issue where there's super high turnover. So, um, Absolutely. you always get a job and I just... And there's always, in it, yeah, as I said, there's always a job in sales. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And then real estate, then into the um, iSelect, then the larger brokering. Bins. All right, cool. For you now at Babylon, obviously, you know, how long has it been now? What, three months? Uh, four months, yeah four months with Babylon. So for someone out there, before we dive into the tips, I want to really pick your brain a little bit. So I'm guessing you would have had a pretty decent income. So so what I'm trying to get is, is, you know, put aside COVID lockdowns, which is a really big thing at the moment, but even prior to COVID and even after COVID, there's always going to be a large percentage of people who have a career, work a full-time job, and one, either want to have a side hustle or two, want to transition out Mm. into their own thing, Right. For you, was there a moment that, I guess you did it in the worst, not the worst time, in the hardest time of lockdowns as well, mm. transitioning out of a full-time gig into your own thing? Yeah. What was the driver? Like, what was, was there ever a moment you're like, I'm done, like, I'm, I'm going to do this? Or was it, did you start a little bit on the side then sort of move full-time or were you like cold turkey out and in? Mm. Like, how did it work for you? Like, what was some of the moments there for you? Yeah, it was probably a, a year in. They they just made me a director of their business, um, and I guess I, I started to you know I, I knew where it was going, what the next steps were after that, um, and probably just the realization that I that I didn't want it. I um, mm. it really started to you know then the, the cogs start ticking in your head, and you you know you start trying to piece together what it is that you actually what what you actually want. I you know reached out to a few mentors of mine, other people that I respect in in business. Um, and it started to develop this vision over time of what I want my brands and my client profile and um, ultimately, you know, my staff, you know, the culture that I want to build and just turn into this greater vision that just kind of, um, yeah, that, that started. So, so, you, so you started building that vision while still working at the old place. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So then, okay, cool. So that makes sense. So other people out there listening, like, cool, you can start to build the vision, start to understand what your brand is going to be like, what sort of team you're going to have, what the client base is going to be. And that's pretty much across any business. It doesn't have to just be in your industry. Like most industries, can, you can create that. So then from there, like what happened? Did you go cold turkey? Did you build it up slowly? Did you go and learn some more about running your own business? Like what did you do? Yeah, so I think probably one thing with, I think, Maybe not unique to professional services, but certainly with professional services businesses, my personal opinion is there's a massive amount of value to working for an industry leader, um, which I suppose it was kind of kind of where I was at. I, I sort of thought I'm like, right, I have this vision, but I know there's still a couple of months of things that I can take out of this business that I want to implement into my new business. Um, I'm not I'm not typically someone that. Um, you know, rushes at an opportunity. I'm, I'm quite calculated. So um, I wanted to have a pretty clear vision of what I wanted my business to look like. Mm. So that it just kind of took a bit of time to piece it together and also whilst trying to soak up as much as I could because especially in um, financial services, it's um, it, it seems like a very saturated business because there's a million brokers around. But um, in terms of, you know, businesses that operate in the space that I do, now, that sort of clear niche, there really isn't that many so I was kind of putting together what that 
clear niches and going to market with it because there's a million brokers out there. If you don't have one and you, you don't have you know a client profile that you can service better than anyone else, you'll just sort of fail into the abyss. Totally. Um, so totally. It just, I just wanted to have that absolutely nailed before I decided to take the jump. So you sort of knew already that you're going to go into that business slash entrepreneurship brokering sort of space. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. So, and again, let's dive into that. Like, why that industry? Like, why did you go down that path? Because again, there's going to be a lot of business owners, but there'll also be a lot of, you know, I guess people in general who are, you know, on the fence of side hustle, no side hustle, whatever. Mm -hmm. Listening to this uh, episode, listening in on the show, you know, why did you decide that that would be the space that you want to work in? Um, well, first of all, they're, they're just my people. Like, I, I think any business should be built on your clients or, you know, anyone that you're interacting with. You, you want them to be your people at the end of the day. I love business yeah. owners. All my good friends are business owners. They're just the, the people that I, like, that I like being around. So if you can start with the relationship first, the rest will come from there. And then the second part of it was probably more so my skill set, being an analytical guy, um, you know, really deep interest with the Australian finance industry, the taxation system. So it was probably the realisation from working with a lot of other brokers and very experienced brokers that I really do excel at servicing those clients and understanding their needs and their business and what value I can add to them. Yeah. And those are kind of the, the two factors that drove me to that. Yeah, doing it. I like it. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. So you've done a fair few different roles and jobs and industries mm -hmm. and careers to get to this where you are. Yeah. Over that time, did you ever not lose faith or lose direction, but did you ever doubt, like, will I find what it is that I want to do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, as and I then if, if so, how did you keep pushing then? So the, well, the, the first time was um, after engineering. And probably, I, don't, I don't think I had the, um, probably, probably didn't understand myself enough to know that I was just kind of, you know, I'll get a sales job. Um, and we'll just see how it goes. But probably three months into, into um, working in sales, that's what you know made me realise this is what I, I suppose I need to be into. But I think for me, I, I, like I do, I do have a good resolve in terms of you know I'll, I'll keep taking action on something until there's something else that's better in front of me. Like I won't just do nothing. I suppose. Yeah. 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 Okay. Again, the, the message behind that is because. Personally, even me too, like I've transitioned between a few different things. I've tried a little bit here, tried a little bit there, you know, mm. and was there something, like what was your driving force to continue? Like even though once you found sales, you're still, in a way you are a little bit sales now, but it's a little bit different side of things. So how did you train, like keep pushing to say, well, three months into sales, I realized I was good at, I should be down here. Yeah. But then you still decided to go into real estate and then you still decided to go mm -hmm. into iSelect. Like was there transitioning points where you said, I'm over this, I want to go somewhere bigger? Like, how did it work? Yeah. I think I think what I was really chasing, Jamie, it's something in all facets of my life, you know, in personal relationships. I, I guess I, I just wanted to feel like I was giving value to people mm -hmm. you know, on, a, on a personal and professional level. So it's like I can sell an education course, I can sell an off-the-plan property, but I think what I was really chasing is, you know, being that advisor in some way, shape or form, you know, whether that's people in my personal life who come, come to me for help with mm -hmm. a personal problem or... You know, if it's Absolutely. fitness related or business related, whatever it is, I think that's what I was really kind of yearning for. And I, I need to find that the right thing that I felt was valuable enough that, you know, inside me felt like I was getting what I needed out of it, but also that totally. I was giving enough value to other people. Delivering on, on your sort of needs as well in, in that space. Yeah. Did you feel that from back at the start or did you develop that over time? 
Yeah, I think I think that comes from all the exploration of self and really starting to 100%. understand yourself. Like, hundred percent. You know, when you you know when you're 24 and maybe you're doing well, you think you understand yourself, but you know, and I'm sure now in five years' time, I'll be looking back at this moment and thinking, hey, you understood a bit, but there's probably this 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 and this that you didn't quite have yet. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So talk us about that journey then, like, because I'm I'm glad that we've sort of covered a bit. I'm I'm trying to go behind, go a little bit deeper into you know that process. You, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to go into a little bit deeper into why you, how you transition between four or five different careers to then get to where you are and what you learned from all of them and how it all sort of pieced together to be the perfect stepping stones to get to today. Mm. You know, to get to your own business. Because again, you sort of get to. I can talk about my experience. You get to one thing, you're like, bang, this is it. I feel like I'm in alignment. Six months later, you're like, okay, cool. Well, I'm still only 50% in alignment still. There's still something missing. Then you move on yeah. to the next thing and you bring everything, all the experiences with you to create something cool uh, that works for you. Most importantly, like you said, you can, you can give that value uh, and be the assistance there for people. doesn't matter what aspect of life it is. Uh, so if, again, for those out there listening, you may not know the exact thing, but you might take one piece away from the current career you're in or job you're in or business you're in. Mm. Until you go to the next thing and you take something else and you take something else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you sort of land on that one thing. Um, one, it could be one of many or that one thing that, mm. that works well for you. I think just, just going back to that too, as much as you take the things that you, you know, out of all the different experiences, you take the things that you want out of it. I think you also certainly take the things that you don't want. hundred percent. As well. Like it might, totally. you know, it might be that business owner that you work for, but you're like, Hey, I think maybe he doesn't really care about any of his staff or, um, you know, he doesn't care if he's not delivering value to anyone. It's like totally those those bits and pieces that you you know you start to add together as well. Absolutely, yeah. And and I love that. Like you know, there's a lot of I love yeah, a lot of like you said, mentors, coaches, a lot of people out there. Well, just a lot of really high profile people who say at the end of the day, like the more the things you don't do, mm-hmm. it's just going to bring you closer to realizing that one or two things that you really want to do or want to be or want to have. You mm-hmm. know. Um, you go and try all the different foods in the world to then go and realize, well, my favorite one is this. Mm. You'll never be able to pick your favorite one unless you tried all the other ones. Yeah. You know? So you have to go through those sort of challenging times, those failures, those learnings, those experiences to come out on the other end and really know who you are. Talk a little bit more about like a lot about Babylon itself. So mm. you work with small bit, small to medium business owners, you work with entrepreneurs. Ultimately, like what is your role? Like, why would they come to you? Like, why would someone that says, Hey, I need finance, I need I need money, mm. what can they expect from you? What are some tips and strategies? I'm going to ask you like four questions in one and you're going to be so smart and remember them all in order. <laughs> what are some tips and strategies? What should they need to know? Um, in the current climate more especially, Cal, that's why I really wanted to get you on now during yeah. what we're like going through. Yeah. What can they do? What, what do they need to know? Yeah. The, the number one tip is have the right team around you from the start. So if you're a business owner, you, you really need to be thinking, you know, three, four, five, six steps ahead. Um, is probably the number one thing, you know, that, so that, that means having the right account and having the right solicitor, having the right structures set up, um, you know, in, in terms of the legal structures you have set up to run your business. So the, you know, the lending, lending market, it, it, it varies greatly based on the way things are structured. So, you know, you might look at your business and think, oh, things are great, you know, we're profitable, but um, the right advice when you go to look to expand your business and also purchase property, you know, perhaps get to the point where you're trying to divest your wealth out of the business and invest it somewhere else. Um, that sort of stuff really needs to be planned at the start because, you know, once you've purchased property and other assets to start to try and move that stuff around, it's a nightmare, like the stamp duties, the gains tax. Yeah. Um, so it, that's number one. And um, 
you know, it, it, it really it really turns into the interplay between um, you know who's providing the finance, your accountant and your solicitor and any of the other professionals, you know, really having a team of advisors around. Um, number two would probably be um, having it's, it might sound strange, but having your business banking with certain lenders can be beneficial versus other lenders in terms of long-term lending prospects. So, like the last five years, if you know if you have your business banking with ANZ, you know as as a young business owner looking to get into the property market, it's going to work out far better if it's it's with ANZ. You want to build a relationship with them straight away. So it's nice. also leaning on um, you know a broker that really understands that segment of the market um, to to give you the right advice to put those steps in in place from the start. So who you so if you if you if you are doing uh, if you are in business, try and really build a connection, build a relationship with that one bank slash lender. Yeah. And then, cause then you can, you can leverage that across personal stuff as well. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Okay. Okay. What else, man? Um, you know, you know, you said you can ask me four questions and I'm not very good. <laughs> um, so understanding the, uh, the tips and some really good things that people can start to do business owners can start to do now to, you know, look to finance. One thing you said there was plan ahead. So I'm going to ask a question off the back of that. What happens if you like you're only new? You're six months in, like you don't know if you want to buy a property, you don't know if you're going to buy cars, you don't know what that all looks like. Mm. Is it still worth going to seek advice on how to structure all that, or would you say let's do that later? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not not initially up front, but it's it's probably at the point in time where your business has been trading for a few years, um, you know, and things look good on paper you know, to be able to think about what that next step is. It could be, you know, do we want some funding to try and expand the business or, mm-hmm. you know, me as the director, I want to purchase my first property. We save up a bit of money now. Um, that's probably the, the point in time that you would do something like that. Make some changes. In, yeah. 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 And especially probably specifically with that around tax time, like when you're producing your, when you're working with your accountant, um, you know, putting the figures together. You've got to remember that primarily your, your account is tax focused. So they're just going to be, I mean, asset protection, but also ta- tax focused. They're going to be looking to minimize your tax bill. Um, but the, the interplay between a, a broker and accountant is more so, hey, how do we ensure that you've got enough income, demonstrable income to the bank that you can do what you want to do? Because, you know, let's say you do your tax return, you know, if you're going to be looking to borrow any money, you're going to be using that, you know, effectively for the next two years, likely. Um, and different banks will look at what might essentially be the same pot of income um, and the way you pay that to yourself, whether that's profits, dividends, um, wages, whatever that may be. It's really about that interplay between working out, hey, how do we, one, minimise tax with the accountant, but two, also ensure that you're able to borrow the money that you need to. I like it. I like it. So you really, in a way, sort of have to, at least plan ahead for like a three-year sort of give or take plan um, because like you said, like you would be using those documents for a year, two years, three years potentially. So what they show and what they represent today in three years' time is going to really play an impact on whether you can get the the finance or the the, the money you need for whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, and your your accountant might have a particular structure they want to set up with companies or trusts and, you know, might be the interplay you know, if you go on that path, hey, your client's not going to pay any tax. It's a fantastic structure for that purpose, but he's never going to be able to borrow any money. Mm. So it's sort of the interplay. So in a way, you sort of need to, not need to, like we're not telling people what to do, but it would definitely be worth having a conversation with someone like yourself 
and then you know across the three so the, the business owner yourself and an accountant to really totally. say to well you know what potentially in the next three years i would love to buy a house mm. okay yeah especially i like if, that especially if it's you know you a particularly ambitious business owner that's at the point in time yeah. where they're wanting to acquire a lot of property those yeah. are the sort of steps which you know you you need a lot of forward planning for that in terms totally. of what entity structures you set up, even yeah. what lenders you use and what order you use them in. There's, there's a whole range of, of different things which are really crucial. You said something earlier as well, Cal, which I really liked. You said, you know, there's a million brokers out there, yeah. right? Um, and you've obviously dived into a smaller sort of niche and really targeting that area. Me personally, I've worked with a fair few brokers and you're 100% right. None of them are the same. They're all different. Mm. they all have a different way a different style same as accountants probably thousands and thousands of them they're all somewhat different some work for you some don't Mm. what do you think separates you like someone listening right now is like you know what i'm loving what callum's saying he's 100 right i'm in the process of wanting to look at property in the next year or two Mm. i really want to go and speak to him i'm going to book in a call i want to do whatever i need to do to chat with him yeah why would they say you know what i'm going to go and chat with cal yeah um well i suppose i'd probably lean back to the way i i personally do business and i get the sense maybe you're the sense jamie doesn't matter who I'm doing business with, I want them to be a specialist in what exactly they're doing. Like if I'm going, yeah. perfect example, I do a lot of running. I wanted a physio and I'm looking for a physio that just works with people that run a lot. Because um, like there's, there's a million professionals out there in any industry. It's, it's really about finding someone that that is their, their bread and butter. So, Absolutely. Um, and on a, on, a pers- on a personal level, it's probably more so, I just love the problem solving aspect of working with business owners. You know, you get mum and dad with a couple of pay slips, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to work out what's going on, but, um, you know, really diving deep into, into what someone's got, got going on. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge that I just love, I suppose. And I think that that delivers the best outcomes because I genuinely love putting all those. You're invested in it. Like you're equally as invested as much as then because you want to see them. And it must be incredible as well to like, you know, fast forward two or three years when all the work you've been doing over the time has seen them land that finance to get the property, Absolutely. seen them land the finance to get the new factory for their, their business mm-hmm. or, get the car or whatever it is, you know? Um, so to have someone that's on your team, that's equally as probably invested as you to make sure you get the result. Yeah. Um, Cause they have a genuine burning desire to see you do well. Cause yeah. no denying it on the flip side of that, you're also going to do well as well. So there's no, it's a win-win for everyone, which I love. Especially with what, right. you, said, with what you said there, it's like, you know, that, let's say it's a client that's, you know, they've, they've, you know, they've bought that third, fourth or fifth property. And knowing their scenario, knowing, hey, we didn't set these structures up on the second property and the third property, there's absolutely no way that they can find the fourth and the fifth. And if they didn't get that specific advice, the bank would be saying, no, you know, you can't borrow any more money, you're tapped out. But it, it's still the same business. It's just the way it's presented Correct. to the bank to make sure that- And again, look, you said earlier, like it's, it's your bread and butter. You're doing it every day, multiple times a day in communication with these places. Like, you know, the ins, mm-hmm. out, ins and outs, plus the experience you've got prior. I love that. I love that. So biggest takeaway just from, from me on that is if, you know, I'm going to go back on your words, like find someone that has the bread and bread and butter, like someone, like you said, the physio, the accountant, the mortgage broker, the whatever it is that that's their role. Mm. If you're in hospitality, go and find someone that is in hospitality, retail, whatever industry, mm. business, you know, I love it. And I'm sure you get, you know, you get an experience, you meet, a, you meet a business owner and you ask what they do and, um, and they aren't able to articulate a clear niche. It's not, not that you think you judged them or anything like that, but for me, in my head, I'm just thinking, well, I want to deal with people that tell me, you know, a couple of specific things that they do better than everyone else, and I know that that's what they do. The right fit. Yeah, good. 
I like that. I like that. You mentioned there as well, the ultra, the marathon that you did. Um, crazy, crazy man you are. Um, before we dive into all of that, let's fast track all the information of it. And then let's go back. What were some of the biggest learnings that you took from it that has impacted your business? So like that's impacted your professional mm-hmm. life. And then we'll go back in and sort of figure it, like break it all down and understand from a personal perspective. But yeah, you know, what, what has it done for you professionally? Hmm. So probably um, when I said at the start, I used the word of living a deliberate life. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who's who um, come up with this quote, but I'm sure you've heard it before. Um, whoever it is, good on them. But it's the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for me, it's like having that alignment between, you know, I'm going as hard as I can in, with my business, you know, to build that deliberately and how I want it. And in terms of with my personal fitness and, um, pushing myself mentally and physically on on that level, I want it to be the same. I want you know I want to be I want to be um, living a deliberate life and challenge myself mentally as much as I can with with ultra endurance events. I suppose so. Just to me, they just like feel like they're in alignment. It's it's kind of the same. Like it it sucks at different times. Like you know you want to give up. Um, you think why the hell am I doing this? But then ultimately you know you get to the end. And you're like oh this is great. But then within a couple of weeks, like, but what's the next challenge? What's the next totally. challenge? It's, I feel like they're, totally. just, they're just analogous. There's like alignment between the two of them. I love that. I love that. Talk us through an ultra, uh, ultra marathon. So for those listening that don't know what an ultra marathon is, give us like a 30 second spiel of how crazy you are. Plus all those other people out there who um, decided <laughs> they wanted to do one. <laughs> well, an, an ultra marathon is just any event over a marathon distance. So a marathon's 42K. So um, ultras go anything from 42 up to 160, even some people do 200. Um, so yeah, I mean, so any any ultra is going to take you at least you know four hours, depending on how how fit you are. A lot of them are um, it could be off road or in the bush or late at night. There's even one that starts at midnight. Um, but I, I guess the the thing about them is the the people that do them, they're all a bit tapped in the head. Like they're all you'd like you you meet a lot of business owners. Definitely, that's certainly common. Just you, you, I guess you just have to really be one of those people that has that desire to get the absolute most out of yourself to sign yourself up for something like that. So it's a good yeah. sort of networking tool as well. Yeah, nice, nice. So talk us through the preparation. Like, so you uh, you came across an idea of, hey, I want to do an ultra. So mm-hmm. cool, I'm going to do it. What was the prep like? Like, what was that that time, mm-hmm. the months in the lead up? It was actually, I actually had, um, this time around, I had a lot of injury problems. So that was actually really tough. I'd um, get started, I'd try and get my running volume up above 100 k's a week, which is kind of where you need to be consistently to do it. And then my hamstrings just kept going. So that was that was uh, really tough. But yeah, typically you want to be doing 100 k's a week is kind of like your minimum. Um, and that's broken up over, you know, five runs, four yeah, runs. Yeah, well, so all my training was scheduled. Out of, I've got a running coach. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but again, there was, a, you know, several other people I was doing with. So it's, it's good to always awesome. have someone doing it with you because this was in, you know, the, the middle of winter effectively. Training, so it's, yeah, yeah. Not, it's not fun. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're doing the running, so you're doing 100Ks a week. Um, yeah. At what point does it start? Like you said earlier, like there's some off-road ones, there's some mid-bush mm. ones, some nighttime ones. Do you do training at that time and in those sort of climates, or are you pretty much just on the on the footpath or on the footy oval running around the round? Um, well, the, the the most recent one, the elevation on this course was crazy. Like it was nuts. So um, most of the training for this one, we try and find somewhere where it was super hilly. 
Yeah. Um, and also, because it was on the this one was on the Great Ocean Road, so very windy and wet. So try and find days where it was raining and then go run in the hills to try and like emulate what it would be like on the day. Um, and true to form, it was a shocking day. Like it was <laughs> raining sideways, gale force winds, like wow. yeah, it was insane. <laughs> It's already hard enough as it is, but let's just throw some rains and winds, yeah. some, some crazy weather yeah. um, and add that in on top. I like it. On the, I, w- I want to go through the mindset now piece of it because I know you've done a lot of self-development work and, you, and you're really into that space. On the day, during the run, talk us mm-hmm. through the challenges. Talk us through what was going through your head. Talk us through the self-talk, the, the, the internal dialogue and you know what, you, what tools you use to get through that because ultra marathon was your thing. Someone else out there is doing something else that's uh, in their world mm. is the same difficulty as you. I'm not saying it has to be an ultra marathon, but in their eyes, like, yeah, doing what I have to do is equally as tough mentally for me as what it was for Callum doing an ultra marathon. What were some of the tools? What was the, what did you do to get through that self-talk? Like you said earlier, like, why am I here? Mm. What am I doing this for? Now I'm talking like in the race, like you're mm. in it. I think probably the, the one thing is just, and it's probably the same with business too, accepting that it's going to suck at different times. Like, um, you know, there might be a period when you're running 5Ks where it's super steep or your body's blowing up or you want to quit, but it's just having in, inside yourself knowing that you just will not quit and knowing that what you're feeling right now is a temporary feeling and that it's, it's not going to last forever. Um, Even but- though you know that though, like how do you still run like how do you still push how do you still go like what are you telling yourself like you can tell yourself yeah cool it's not going to last forever but like what else are you saying to yourself like are you do you have people around you and you're communicating and, and mm-hmm. working together like how did you get through that yeah so there was a few of us running together so that certainly helps being able to lean on people that are around you but um yeah like it, it might sound stupid but i literally just tell myself in my head you're not fucking stopping like every single step when it when it sucks and then i know eventually if i say that for long enough i'll i'll, <laughs> I'll get out of the you know get out of the period where it really does suck and it'll it'll be okay and I, I think it's i think it's probably what i apply to everything in my life really just accept just, just keep pushing through just keep pushing it through like it was that i'm not going to stop like was there times when you're like no nah, I'm, I'm done like i've hit that wall like was there any, did that ever happen? Yeah, there was, there was this one period. Um, so there was a really crazy steep hill and I was, I was running with two other guys. And um, so we, some of the, on really steep ultra bits, it's best to just walk them because they're so steep that you actually, like you burn far more energy than what you would if you're running them. So, you know, we're running for a couple of hundred meters and my, um, I got a little bit cold and I, an old injury in my knee started flaring up and it was like super painful, like, unbearable and I was trying to get back to a running pace and I just I couldn't do it like it was just insanely painful but it was the same thing I was like I just know that I need to get warm again and then you know this this will disappear so for the next like two k's it was just like felt like it was crunching every single step but I just kind of just knew that I had to get through that and then I um I had even urephrens which helped out as well and then <laughs> um yeah that was probably the, the one point it sort of just like disappeared and then that you sort of just kept powering on keep pushing yeah. through but that was that was only 36 k's in, so I was like, I've got another 24 k's. Like, <laughs> like it was literally to the point where every time I'd step, like I was like wanted to scream, like, but eventually I got warm and it went away. So went away. I like it. I like it. And I guess that sort of goes back into the training, the the practice, the research, the the conditioning prior to then understand, well, cool, this potentially could happen during the race. This yeah. is how I'm gonna handle it. Yeah. If this happens, I'm gonna attack it from this angle. If this happens, I'm gonna 
talk to this person or do this thing. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm sure that's, I like how you're referencing it back to the business a lot. Yeah. Let's see, what, what would you say in personal life then? Someone listening who doesn't have a business, who never mm-hmm. ran an ultra marathon, who doesn't exercise, could you reference it back for them to say, cool, well, you can use it in this terminology, like you could use it in this method? Mm-hmm. I think but with the, I think the, like the, the network thing is the massive part. Like I said, that I was, I was running with people. You, you've just got to have your, have your people that you can lean on. It doesn't matter what you're doing and what you want to have mm. success in. It's, um, you know, having, having people around you that are, are going to push you through those circumstances, not bring you, not bring you down with them. Getting the right people around you, Cal, not even just in this, but just in general. Mm. I know it's a really big thing. A lot of people talk about like build your network, build your team. And it was the first thing you said earlier, get the right people around you when we're talking about Babylon and getting the mm. right advice. You said it here as well, like get the, get the right people around you. How did you find the right people? Um, I think probably you, you stumble through a few people that aren't the right people. And again, yeah. going back to what we were saying, you, you start to realise, hey, like whether that's like relationships, mm. friends, even mm. family, you're like, you know what, like, you know, there's so much about that person that I know that I just never want in my life again. Um, and then trying to, I suppose, you know, you look at people, you're like, I, I want that person in my network. It's like, how can I find a way to, to bring them in on a, on a personal level and give value to them so, you know, we can both help each other? I like it. I like it. I like it. What was the one biggest thing, Cal, you took from the ultra marathons that you've done and that you're in the training and the actual event, everything you've done around that space, mm. what would you say is the biggest learning lesson for you so far? Because I know you're going to do many more. Like there's no denying yeah. that. Um, so, so far to date, what's, what's been that biggest takeaway for you? Probably just that for me, it's I just need to have alignment with everything in my life, whether that's business, personal, anything, racing, food, diet, like it just, I just need to have that congruency in terms of, you know, if you're looking to achieve great things, everything needs to be in alignment. And yeah, nice. That needs to be part of it. I like it. I like it. I like it. What's one thing, Cal, you know, now have achieved so much in, in what you're doing and come so far in a really short period of time, you know, you know, me looking back on your journey and everything you've shared so far and even a lot of the conversations we've had prior and, you know, like I said, we've known each other for some time. I feel like you've done a lot, a lot of, not practice, but you've, you've been in the game for so long, trying different things, learning a lot, didn't like this, like this, didn't like this, like this, got, took this, didn't take this. To now get to where you are to have a quite a successful business in the first three to four months of what you're doing. Mm. Would you say that that success you've had so quickly, it's not quickly, but you know, in that period of time, is all back on the back of everything that you've taken away and the mindset you had over those three to four years. Yeah, even I've, longer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably, I'm, I'm a bit of a sponge. Like, I, I like to, I just like to learn anything. Um, and I, you know, you can probably never learn too much. So, um, even, even though in terms of timeline, you know, some of that stuff didn't last that long. Anything that I do, I'm completely engrossed in in what I'm doing, and I find that to be powerful to you know, to, you're just able to absorb everything. So probably just jump, jump head first into anything that you're doing at the time. And if it doesn't work, just jump head first into something else. Totally. Totally. And take the, take the positives of it. What's one thing you wish you knew 10 years ago after all those years of learning, like 10 years ago, like you said earlier, like five years from now, you're going to look back and say, well, you were good, but this is where mm-hmm. we're at now. 10 years ago, if you could say, you know what, I wish I knew this, what would it be? I think it's probably just to really challenge yourself about, it's like, is 
my action here is it based on what other people think mm. I, I feel like there's so much of what we do especially when you're younger that you think you know um, i don't care what other people think or i'm doing this for me but i think if you strip so much so much of it back you really do understand that a lot of it is driven by other people's opinions totally of what you are should be doing totally totally so like disconnecting from that and not and really pursuing what it is that you mm. want to do like peel back the onion to go into the center and really find what does cal want what does what, mm. what do you want um take, like, take the ego out of it because that's, that's they're all just ego driven activities 100 percent, 100 percent. you've done it like i said we touched a little bit there on, on the, the internal dialogue outside of the ultra marathon. This is something that I'm really doing a lot of work on myself is, and like you said, there are a lot of stories, a lot of external people's values and beliefs and habits put on you from a young age. And what's your internal dialogue like now compared to what it was five, 10 years ago? Like, how do you talk to yourself? Like what's your, because the only, your voice is the only voice you hear 24 seven. Mm. So what's your internal dialogue? Like, like what's your mindset like? At the moment, it's um, at the moment I'm, I'm I might sound stupid, but I'm I'm chasing challenges. I want I want new challenges all the time. Um, so any anytime we get any challenge, you know, whether that's a bad day, a deal that doesn't go right, like an injury, whatever it is, it's like anytime something new challenges me, as much as it sucks, I'm I'm excited about it. So I'm just kind of chase, chasing new challenges and I'm finding that really powerful at the moment. Callum doesn't chase waterfalls. Callum chases challenges. Absolutely. Oh, and okay. again, that's, that's something funny from um, 10X Grant Cardone. He talks about that. He says, says mm. man, I'm, I'm sick of these boring new problems. I want new new problems all the time. Like, totally. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So during those moments, like, are you pumping yourself up? Are you encouraged? Are you like, wow, this is a new challenge I haven't faced before. This is probably a little bit out of my league. How am I going to do it? Like, throughout the day at different times of the day from when you first wake up to when you start exercising to when you go to work to then when you're going to exercise again in the afternoon or when you're eating what are you thinking what are you saying what are you what are your beliefs like how are you talking how are you showing up mm. um I, probably just the mentality of knowing that if i if i want something i i can have it like if i, if I want it enough I'll, I'll find a way to do it um but and it, if you i'm guessing you're only human so i'm guessing you have moments of doubt and downness mm. and not feeling great what are you doing those times so for me i have to get it out of my head i have to write it on paper so um journaling is really powerful for me so um and it's, it's funny i i was saying this to a friend the other day i you know, one day last week i had a bad day for some reason i wasn't happy about something and then i look back in my journal and like for two days around it I, I didn't write anything down so my head can be kind of a, a busy space um in terms of things swirling around like a you know, sort of marinate on things in my head for a long time. So it's just kind of getting out, getting on paper, and it, you're sort of able to comprehend it more logically when you, yeah. in my opinion, when you write it down on a piece of on a piece of paper. Do you realise it doesn't carry as much weight as you start to write it down? It's like, oh, well, it's not really that bad, or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. To, to, yeah. Take it from that emotional place that it might be in your head to, all right, what like let's get down to the nuts and bolts of it here, like what do we actually need to fix here essentially totally like what's the actual real problem i'm thinking about it it's become a big thing in my head but let's write it down what actually is the speed hump like what is the challenge right now yeah oh, it's this person said no to me or this person didn't acknowledge mm. me or whatever okay and, and probably okay. just like with that as well the mentality of like the majority of things you worry about they don't actually they don't actually <laughs> happen or you, you look back yeah. historically like ah oh, this has happened five times in the last six months and what happened every time you fed you know, you found a way to, totally. to work through it. Like it's not usually as bad as, as you think it is. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I like that. And you know what? Stuff like this, and yes, it's great for business owners and, you know, all that. But I think this sort of conversation, this topic is really important right now. Like, yeah, we are faced with some really challenging and uncertain times in the world that we, that we live in. And for those that are living in Melbourne, yeah, hundred percent. So to really understand that it's not just, you know, you who feels the way you feel like nearly hundred percent of people have those moments. Yeah. What I, you know, really work on personally myself is very similar, but I try not to, my mindset, my self-talk is if I feel shit or whatever it is, I know I've got to get out and go for a walk, do something, listen to music, change my state, like go and do something else. But I also don't, the reason I do that is I don't want to let that drag on for too long. Like I don't want to swim in it. I don't want to stay in that down state, that down moment, that whatever it is. Hmm. Because I know if I stay there, all of a sudden it's a day, two days a week. And then I'll look back and be like, shit, I felt this way for a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I really want to work on, I'm really conscious now of work on that. If I don't feel the way I need to be feeling, I'm happy to stop doing what I need to do, what I'm doing. And like, just go and like I said, do something different. Yeah. So there's no use me continuing doing what I'm doing, feeling shit. Yeah, you're right. Just like even if it's just a walk, get a coffee, or I think there's, absolutely there's there's to like to me probably similarly there's there's like there's peace, peace in movement and action. Like it doesn't matter what. Hundred percent. Like, it doesn't have to be running hundred miles an hour. Like it could just be something simple. Absolutely. It was funny. Even yesterday, I was talking to my um to my missus, and she's like, "Yeah, like you know, for you, it, you enjoy running. Like for you, it's somehow weird that you like going for a run and exercising. Yeah. And even thinking about it now, I was like. I do. Like I actually get a lot from it. Like I actually enjoy that process. That's my piece. Like that's my meditation. Like especially early in the morning. Like I love that. Yeah. Getting home, you know, at five thirty, and you, and you've just covered six k's, seven k's, whatever it is. Man, mm. it'd be a lot in in your world. Who people put someone that runs ultras, but mm. still like that feeling of you've achieved something. Like you've done something. You put your body mm. to work. For me, that's great. Like I love that. For mm. someone else, it might be meditating. It might be journaling. It might be reading. It might be whatever it is. But yeah. those sort of those little things in there are really powerful to know um, how to work your own body. I think it's really important as well. Cal, what would you say your top three habits, non-negotiables, three things that you do a day that it's like doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, doesn't matter. These mm-hmm. these happen. So I have to exercise in the morning and I have to sweat. Like it can't can't be like a you know go to the gym and you know throw a couple of weights around for half an hour. Yeah. Like, I feel like. Physical exertion, proper physical exertion in the morning. Um, number two would be journaling. Um, that's that's a non-negotiable. Number three, I have to learn about I have to learn about something every day. There has to be something you know engaging and new that I'm able to absorb and um, and sort of grow from. To learn something new doesn't matter how small it be. I like to exercise, but you have to sweat. I feel a sweat. I feel like you've yeah you're working like you're pushing. Yeah. There's something crazy with that, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, something I'm, I'm, chemically, something. Absolutely. And there'd have, there'd have to be science to that, I'm sure, some kind of related thing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's well uh, above our pay grade and, and realm of knowledge, but yeah. we just know it works. We just know it um, works. That's what matters. I think what you said about the meditation thing, it's like, um, you're right. It, it is a form of meditation. And I feel like sometimes there's kind of this pressure, like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, you, you know, you need to slow down, you need to smell the roses, you need to meditate. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's accepting what your own personal form of meditation or relaxation is. And for some people, that is actually physically meditating or smelling the roses or doing some gardening. Like, it's probably just finding specifically 
isn't that really the journey of life in a way like really figuring out what it is that one makes you happy fulfilled mm. whatever word you want to use and and two really ultimately figuring out you yeah like, like we said earlier like a lot of beliefs a lot of habits a lot of mm. thoughts are put on you from when you're younger because not by bad doing either by parents or teachers or family mm. or people around you it's really understanding well is that who i really want to be like is mm. that who i really am yeah. Like, isn't that really the, the goal of life, of figuring out who you are as an individual? Definitely. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to be able to get to, I always say I'm going to live to over 100 years old, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and hopefully everyone's listening is going to follow along for that long. <laughs> um, you know, if I tell myself that enough, like if I manifest it, I'll, I'll, I'll reach 100. Absolutely. Um, but I want to get to that stage where I've, I've, I know who I am. Like I've, I've figured out who I want to be and what I'm about. Hmm. Um, I like it. It's funny, like, I don't know about you, but I've kind of got this perspective that, you know, you seems to me that the most unhappy people are those that are least connected with who they, who they actually are. Like, they're just completely absent to, to what it is that they might need or who they are. Would you say there's any self-development that you've done that's really opened up? Like, I'm sure, that's, I'm, I'm sure that every piece of self-development mm-hmm. has helped you take us 1% closer, but has there ever been, like, one real wow, that's changed my mindset, my belief, my thought, my, my vision towards who I am and what I'm about? Um, uh, in, a, in a sense, um, probably, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's kind of cliche as well, but um, can you remember the first time you read or listened to Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think that was like the first business book that I ever like read or listened to it, I guess. Um, but not, I, yeah, that, that was, that's probably the, the, one, the one thing I can point to. Just like having a different vision of the way the world actually functions to the one that you get when you're totally. in school. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I agree. I agree. Because that was probably like, I think that was like my third audio book I listened to. Yeah. Um, and at that stage, I was still a tradie and I had only been from school trained to trade. So I didn't really know anything else. Yeah. And I'm realizing that there's these, this guy has two dads. Yeah, and then realizing that there's a story, and realizing that wow, you can do all these things outside of just working nine to five or you know seven to three as a tradie, whatever it is. Yeah, that similar similar uh, you know experience for me, like it was like wow, like, there is so much more out there. Yeah, there is then, so much more that you can achieve. And then that kind of progressed into network marketing, which is of course where me and you. Met. Met, that, that's yeah. not a tip for any anyone listening. Network marketing when you're young, it's amazing like teachers tell, like so, so many people in the in my close network that i know that i respect and i trust and i go to it from advice either i met them through network marketing or they did it when they were you know 19 20 21 like, and they were young too absolutely yeah. oh and I, I always say the same thing as well you know like it's an incredible platform it's, there's no denying it works because there's so many people out there who have achieved mm. some, you know ex- really large success mm. um so great platform to get your Get your feet wet in the whole world of business, mm. um, self-development, and meeting like-minded people. I think it's really cool. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm friends with still a lot of Absolutely. people that we that we had the opportunity to work with um, as well. All right, man, I like it. To wrap it up, if I had to say to you, Cal, uh, what does "be great" mean to you in your world, in your words, in your experience? What would you say? Be great to me is you know when you lay down in bed. Um, you know, let's say it's nine o'clock and you're laying there and you're like, yeah, like I've, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't get absolutely everything done today that I had on my list, but like I, I got the most out of myself and I'm, I'm proud of, of who I was today. Like 
that's that's been great and having as many days as you can where you lay down in bed and you're thinking that to me that that's been great but that's whatever whatever your version of laying down in bed and thinking that you nail the day is that's to me that's it so as you close it off as you tie off the day it's like you know you're going to end it and get ready for the next day that's yeah. like everything i did today was at a level of like where i can i push myself i i, I achieve the level of greatness in my own world and whatever yeah. level that is yeah but it doesn't necessarily need to be push myself it might be hey it's a sunday and i've you know i've caught up with some family that i haven't seen for a long time you know i've connected with some whatever love that. Like, um, love that. yeah i love that cal this has been great i really enjoyed the conversation um i think we went, we went quite i really try to like go a little bit deeper than keeping it surface up i really wanted to get into your head um because i know you're a really really smart guy and you've and you've done a lot and i know you're going to do a lot more and and what where you've come so far in like especially with babylon in such a short period of time um, personally watching from outside, seeing it all happen is it's incredible. Um, and really proud to see where, where it's going and, you know, what you've done, like I said, so far. So where, where would be the best spot for people to connect? Um, and I would really highly suggest, you know, a lot of business owners, if you are listening to really just have a conversation with Cal, because I think that, like you said, that forecasting, that plan, that forward thinking coming out of this crazy time, I think if you can do a lot of the work now, next year, 2022, 2023, you can really set yourself up for some really quite large success uh, mm. by doing the work now. But so yeah, where can people get in touch with you, man? Where's the best spot for them to learn some more about yourself? Uh, if you're, let's say, if you're a, um, like a professional partner, LinkedIn, you know, you might have an accounting business or you know, real estate or something along those lines. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And then uh, apart from that, all the usual stuff, the socials, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, yeah, pretty standard. And I'll put all those links um, in, the, in, in the show notes for people to, to click through. Um, and I'll put them on the website and stuff for people to have as well so they can click through. Is there a website as well that people can go to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. put the website there. Awesome. We'll put all the details there for everyone. Like I said, this is just me sharing. This is why I bring on these sort of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and every episode, I really want to bring on someone that the listeners can be like, you know what, I want to go and chat to that person. I can learn something from that person. Um, mm-hmm. I can you know, leverage that person's skills, knowledge, experience, whatever it is. Because um, like you said earlier, having the right people around you is most one of the most important things that you can have Cal, i really appreciate your time man thanks so much for uh for making the time today to 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 be on the episode and um we'll definitely be watching from afar making sure that you keep dominating uh and everyone else out there listening thank you so much for tuning in and we'll uh we'll catch you in the next episode bye for now Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was make sure you like comment share and subscribe to the podcast remember make today count and be great